It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Philadelphia Eagles are not letting this opportunity get away from them. An early season loss to the Bucks exposes key weaknesses that plagued the Nets last year. And Tom Brady needs to go back to New England. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This offseason, the Philadelphia Eagles traded for A.J. Brown in a blockbuster deal. Now, they're sitting here, the league's only undefeated team as we enter week eight, and they are trying to get better. They send a fourth-round pick to the Chicago Bears for pass rusher Robert Quinn as if that defensive front needed another reason to be scary as heck for opposing quarterbacks. Joining me now from Locked on Eagles, our pal Louis DiBiase. And and Louis, uh, this is an Eagles team that is pretty loaded front to back. Um, They look to be the best line of scrimmage team combined offense-defense in the league right now. So why make this move if you're Philly? Yeah, I think general manager Howie Roseman is always looking to add depth to the offensive and defensive line. The Eagles believe that you build from the trenches out. And I said before today's trade and, you know, the NFL trade deadline coming up next Tuesday, I didn't think the Eagles needed to do anything. I thought the missing piece was at safety, who they traded for in August, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from the New Orleans Saints. I thought the roster looked completely set both sides of the ball, and it's why they're 6-0, and but they always like to be deep on the defensive line, and now you bolster that defensive end rotation with already Hassan Riddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, and now Robert Quinn, who hasn't been great this year, but just a calendar year ago had 18 and a half sacks. It's exactly what the Eagles like to do, and it's a bargain for a fourth-round pick. You don't have to pay his salary this year. Get out of it next year if you want or restructure the deal. So I think it's a win-win for a team trying to maximize the Super Bowl window right now. And what I think other fans are going to say is, come on, this team this team is already stacked. And to make matters more annoying for opposing fans and to make Philly fans even more gleeful, um, aside from the World Series that, that their baseball team is, is currently getting ready for, is they have the Saints pick. And that right now has a chance to be a top five kind of pick. So this is, this is really shades of that 2007 Patriots team when they go 18 and one, and then end up with a top 10 pick that following season um, for, for this team. If you're, if you, what you said, you think the roster is set. If you think there is this weakness at safety or, or anywhere on the team, what, what could be the spot on the roster where you go? Yeah. I'm, I'm still a little worried about maybe come playoff time or against some of the better teams that this is the spot where the Eagles could, could be vulnerable. Yeah, I think when you look across both sides of the football, they have been really good. There hasn't really been a weak link. Honestly, it would be if there's any injuries. I would still say safety is probably the weaker position. Chauncey Garner Johnson's been good this year, but is definitely, you know, taking some time to transition as a full time deep safety. He played mostly slot corner with the Saints. Marcus Epps is a new time starter. 
The thing is, though, this defense doesn't really let their safeties dictate if they win or lose games. They play a lot of, you know, cover two, playing those guys deep. They have such good cornerbacks as well that, honestly, Peter, it's kind of a cop-out answer, but I think unless there's injuries, this team looks loaded on both sides of the football. So I would say it's it's injuries and then just consistency on the defensive line. Despite having all this depth and now you add Robert Quinn, it's still been an up and down year when it comes to their pass rush consistency and their run stopping. So I think just consistency across the board is going to be crucial. On the Bears side of things, Roquan Smith was surprised by the news of Quinn's trade during a midweek press conference. What do you make of Robert's time here? And what do you man, make yeah, man. Sucks. Um, yeah, like. <clears throat> I'm going to take a second for a second, if you don't mind. No, I have a great deal of respect for that guy, you know. Damn. Crazy. A good reminder, trades are fun to talk about, but these are people, and this has impacts on other people in that locker room, people in Robert Quinn's family, and plenty of others around him. Stay up to date all year on the Philadelphia Eagles by subscribing to Locked On Sports today in the Locked On Eagles podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Nets are running into familiar problems that will limit their ceiling. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. And guess what? The new cookie dough flavor is unbelievable. Built has done it again. And it is going to be a crowd pleaser in your family, in your house, in your apartment. Maybe it's just you. It will be a hit, I'm telling you, covered in 100% real chocolate with real cookie dough chunks plus the protein-infused marshmallow. I'll say that again. It often bears repeating. Protein-infused marshmallow, yet it's only 160 calories with 15 grams of protein. Run, don't walk. You can afford to because you're getting a protein bar. Built.com will have everything you need there. And it's the perfect treat, even though it's not a treat. It just tastes like a treat. It's giving you fuel for your body. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. I know I do. They're a big hit in my family. Go to built.com and use promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked on 15. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Matt Ryan was stunned to learn he will no longer be the Indianapolis Colts starting quarterback on Monday. Ryan has missed just three starts in his 15-year career and has never been a backup, even in his rookie season with the Atlanta Falcons. He now finds himself sitting behind a 24-year-old who has never thrown a pass in a regular season game, a position Ryan will hold even after he returns from his separated shoulder This according to Colts head coach Frank Reich. The Colts made the move to Sam Ellinger 
after Ryan turned the ball over 12 times in seven games. It's not something I've dealt with, Ryan said, but I've been around a long time and seen it happen. Reich admitted that the Colts are not giving up on the season. I can tell you this for sure. Nobody is waving the white flag. New England Patriots quarterback Mac Jones took approximately 90% of the first team reps at practice Wednesday, according to reports, and will start Sunday against the New York Jets. Patriots coach Bill Belichick pulled Jones after three series in Monday's blowout loss to Chicago, inserting rookie Bailey Zappi in his place for the rest of the game. Belichick, who insisted Jones wasn't benched and would have returned to the game in the second half if the score had been closer, hasn't said this week who would be starting for the Patriots. Bill Belichick being cagey about lineups. Shocking. New York Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner plans to keep Aaron Boone as his manager. As far as Boone's concerned, we just signed him, and for all the same reasons I listed a year ago, I believe he is a very good manager, Steinbrenner said Wednesday as he left the Yankees' player development complex. I don't see a change there. Boone agreed last October to a three-year deal with a team option for 2025. The Yankees couldn't seem to lose in the first half of the season, but seemed to lose their moxie toward the end before being dominated by the Astros and knocked out of the postseason again, Steinbrenner said. We didn't get the job done. It's time to get it done. Anytime we don't win a championship, it's a disappointing year. We had a lot of good ups. We had some downs. We had some injuries like everybody else. The Atlanta Hawks got a road victory over the Detroit Pistons. Hello, friends. My name is Brad Roland, and the Atlanta Hawks are now 3-1 after a close-fought road win in Detroit on this Wednesday evening, a 118-113 final. The Hawks trailed many different times in this game and had to have, have a closing kick to win this one behind great defense on the stretch. Click Capella and John Collins. Trey Young with a season-high 35 points to lead the way for Atlanta, and they had six players in double figures as well. It was a very intriguing performance from the Hawks. They were not perfect by any means in the first half. Defensively, they really struggled in the second half. Offensively, it wasn't always pretty, to be sure, but they scratched and claw and get a victory 3-1, and they stay in Detroit, actually, for a game. It's sort of a rematch on Friday against the Pistons. We'll have full coverage of the game and much more on the Lawton Hawks podcast. Here is another story you need to know. The Brooklyn Nets couldn't pay off an impressive first half against the Milwaukee Bucks, scoring just 44 in the second and losing to a Bucks team 110-99 without Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, and Joe Ingles. Joining me now from Locked on Nets, Adam Armbrecht and, and Adam I wanted to have you on to do a check-in on what's going on with the Nets. They're one in three. Ben Simmons is still trying to figure out, well, a lot of things. He was two of seven in this game with four points. So what has been your early read on where this team is in its development process here? They should really stop games at halftime. If you do that, <laughs> things look a lot different, you know, feel a lot better about things. If you just stop after the first 24 minutes, the Nets led uh, both this game and the game against the Grizzlies at the break. Third quarters have been a disaster for them. I, we've gone through some, uh, I think, emotions early days here as a Nets podcast. But ultimately, we said coming into the season, give me 15 to 20 games. Give me a large enough sample size. Let me see this team work out some of the lumps. And then I'll, I'll determine where I think this team is and what they're capable of doing. Ben Simmons has looked momentarily good on offense and for the most part hesitant, not willing to attack at the basket. He starts doing that. It changes the entire dynamic of what's happening on that end of the floor. Defensively, it actually wasn't a bad game for them. You know, you look at the box score and you see 40 plus for Giannis and you go, good defensive game, but but overall, they did a lot of good things. It's a tough matchup. It's a good Bucks team, even without some of their key players. 
So the seeds of success, it's my new theme for the next season. The seeds of success are in place there. It is about whether or not they continue to adjust and evolve and, and find some chemistry with one another. I think one of the questions that is going to continue to be asked all season, and this was something that we we tracked last year and you and I talked about on this show, is Kevin Durant played 39 minutes in this game. Kyrie Irving played 39 minutes in this game. And Jeff Van Gundy said on the broadcast, this team can't win as currently constructed if those guys are playing 32 34 minutes. How do they fix that? Yeah, right now, uh, you know, there's only a couple of key pieces that are missing. A guy like Seth Curry matters a lot to this team. Uh, he's a ball handler. He's a three-level scorer to whatever extent that you like him getting into the paint. He has enough ability to do that. Th that matters. And then we know how good he is from the outside. Joe Harris still coming back from that injury. He's been kind of on a, on a pitch count here early in the season. Uh, Listen, I don't know. Should Giannis not play 39 minutes a game if you need to win, right? Like, I get it, but they're your best players. There's not a lot of scenarios where you say the best recipe for our success is not having our best players on the court. Again, I do think that as Ben Simmons gets more comfortable, you can start to see a world where Ben Simmons with other supporting players around him can be dynamic and successful. We've already seen instances with Kevin Durant off the court going back to the Raptors game and tonight where when he was on the bench, the Nets team outscored the opposition, a 23 to 10 run with him on the bench against Toronto. So there are these, these instances where you can see it. It's just a matter of whether or not they ultimately get there. They're not a perfect team. They have flaws, but we have seen, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I love the fact that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving look great. Like that's what you want. And do I want them playing 40, you know, all full 48? No, but this is what it is. You want to win and be competitive. These guys have to play. I'm a little charged up. I apologize, Peter. I, for, for what it's worth, though, Giannis has not played more than 34 minutes a game since 2017-2018. He is averaging, last year it was 32.9 minutes per game, 33 the year before. So he is doing that, but these are different teams being handled different kinds of ways. And by the way, Kevin Durant wants to play. Like if they let Kevin Durant play 48 minutes a game, he would play 48 minutes a game. And the two parts, those are one, yes, you're actually getting lucky by Kevin Durant only demanding to pay 38 or 39 <laughs> minutes. And right. the other thing is, too, that, again, the Nets team is not perfectly constructed. You know, you look at the Bucks when they're healthy, they got top to bottom. They got bench guys, right? They have waves to throw at you, and it affords Giannis to play physical and be big and be dominant and then not have to overtax himself during the regular season. The Nets are still at a point, and they have been since they got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, of trying to figure things out, and it does come at a price. Like they have to exert a lot of energy during regular seasons to make sure that they get a chance in the postseason. Two years ago, they were right there, toe on the line against the Bucs from maybe writing a little bit of a different script. Last season, Kevin Durant was by himself dragging this team across this finish line, and you saw they had nothing left when it came to playing Boston. So these things matter for better or worse. The last four years have been so brutal that you kind of don't care. Give me success in this regular season. Show me that this team can beat good playoff championship caliber teams. You do that, I'll let the cards fall where they may. But we are so far away from worrying about where are we going to be come playoff time. This team has a lot to figure out. Stay up to date all here on the Brooklyn Nets by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Nets podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, Tom Brady should go back to New England. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This has been a week for questioning goats. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady both sit under 500 and have legitimate questions about their playoff chances. James Rapine and Tony Wiggins looked at Brady on the most recent Locked On NFL and wondered if a move should take place. But you know where the best place for Tom Brady is? With the trade deadline less than a week away, depending on when you listen to this, or a week away if you're listening on Tuesday night, but it's probably Wednesday, so less than a week away. I'm coming home. It's not zappy hour. It's not mac and cheese with Bill Belichick. Ooh. It's the New England Patriots doing what they should do because they can still salvage this season at three and four because I think that's a really, really good defense. I think they have talented running backs. And I think they could win this season if they actually had a quarterback that could get Tyquan Thornton the ball, that mm. could utilize Jonu Smith uh, to his full potential, that could get the most out of Hunter Henry and Ramondre Stevenson. And the list goes on and on. Not that the Patriots have a ton of weapons because there's a second part to my plan here, but absolutely 100% positively, Bill Belichick needs to put his ego to the side. Tom Brady needs to put his ego to the side. And we know how backdoor deals happen all the time in the NFL. There was all those rumblings about Miami and Brady. It's time to go home. It's time to go to New England where the infrastructure is there, where everything is in place for you, Tom, to be what you are. Because here's the thing is he's a creature of habit. And I think part of the struggles this year are all of that support system. Has it been there? Why? Because there's been the personal stuff. And it's a new head coach. And, you know, it's just the offensive line is what it is. Like all of those things combined around you, you have new faces on the offensive line. You've got receivers in and out of the lineup. It's it's hard. It's hard to overcome. And so to me, clearly the Patriots need Tom Brady. He's still playing okay if you look at his numbers. Not great. I'm not saying that because he's certainly part of the problem. Go back there. Go back to the infrastructure. You already got your Super Bowl without him. I think the Patriots should absolutely call the Buccaneers. And I'm not saying the Buccaneers would do it and try to trade for Tom Brady. And why would you do it if you're the Buccaneers? Pretty simple. You look at the league, you say, we're not winning a Super Bowl this year. Let's get some future assets. This won't happen, but I love the idea. LeBron James left Cleveland, went to Miami, Florida, Won two titles and came back to Cleveland. Now, LeBron didn't win titles in Cleveland. Of course, Tom Brady won a bunch of them in New England. But the redemption story can buoy everyone. Maybe it energizes Tom Brady. Maybe being in a familiar place where everyone worships you like a god among men in New England, in Boston, would be the kind of thing that could get him on the right track once again. Or maybe... Just his offensive line getting healthy and playing a little bit better is enough. I love the redemption arc. No one, I think, wants to see Tom Brady become a mercenary. He goes to Miami next year. That doesn't work out. Or maybe it does. He goes somewhere else and plays until he's 50 and 
things get sad at the end. It's a little sad right now. No one wants to see that of all-time greats. But if you go back to New England, it's a soft landing place. The Patriots fans would embrace him. Now, would Bill Belichick? That's a real question. But it would allow Brady to end his career with grace, with a little less pressure on him. Maybe he loves the pressure. I'm sure he does. He is as, as great a competitor as we have had in sports. But as... Other things in his life are not so great. Maybe it provides the right amount of ballast to get him playing at the Tom Brady levels we saw as recently as just last year. It would be a great story, if nothing else. And finally, Pete Carroll wants you to get off his lawn. Well, artificial turf. After DK Metcalf and JC Jackson were both carted off the field Sunday in the Seahawks-Chargers game at SoFi Stadium, Pete Carroll was frustrated with the playing surface, saying, I think we definitely need to look at this really seriously in the offseason. It's been a discussion before. We've got to do what's right, and we've got to do what's safest for the players. I would pound the drum on that. 14 NFL stadiums have artificial surfaces, and players have consistently complained that it is unsafe. And there are studies that suggest non-contact injuries are more likely on these artificial surfaces than on grass. Something to look for, for sure. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, will we see the Buccaneers bounce back or fall further? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.